Welcome to the Health Design Podcast. I am your host, Moyes Jiwa. My guest on the podcast today is an extraordinary man. Born with fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva, or FOP, an ultra-rare genetic disorder that causes bone to form where it should not, outside of the skeleton, in the soft and connective tissues, such as in muscles, tendons, and ligaments. Effectively, Josuch has lost many of the abilities that we take for granted. And yet, he's an extraordinary creative man who has his own podcast and YouTube channel. This is a very special human being, and it was an honor to spend time with him on the podcast. Here is Joe Such. Joe Such, I'm thrilled to be speaking with you today. You're very, very welcome to the show. Now, you live with a condition that not many people will have heard of. Tell us a little bit about that. How did it start and what is a typical day like for you? I was born normal kid, normal baby. Can move all my limbs, no problems at all. And I had to cut starting any swellings all over my body. And doctors couldn't explain it. No, it was just very weird. Like swellings would come up, come up, you know, they'd be there for a week or two and then just disappear or they would just move all over my body and nothing seemed to happen. So it was very strange, you know, misdiagnosis, very common, you know, they thought I had cancer and such. And so like, it wasn't making sense. So I mean, yes, I, what, what was turning out to be that bones were starting to grow since I was like a babe, like literally born. And so like a lot of things happened. So like I lost my shoulders around like the age of four-ish. I lost my elbows around like the age of eight-ish or so. You know, I kind of, I lost kind of one leg when I was like 18, lost the other leg's hip area when I was 25. So now I can't walk at all. I mean, so I mean, there's two like kind of ways to go for it. So like, it really depends on what kind of player I'm having. Most of the players are very, um, this is a nuisance to deal with. Like I'll just have them, but I'll still go to my day or whatever I have to do. So I'll go to school or whatever. Yeah. I'll take, you take steroids to help with the, pain and stuff. Most of the time I did is I figured it's disruptive to the body and it didn't really like, I didn't like the side effects of it. I rather just deal with the pain over all the terrible side effects for steroids. So yeah, so like that and then like the bones grow and lots into place and uh, like I'm kind of always grieving that. I always I always lost something so when I lose something, you kind of never really get over it and then something new happens and then I'm grieving over that. So that's still like the big things for like Losing my ability to walk and that made me really less independent. And then, you know, just slowly, but like now my health is stable. I don't think I'm in any flares right now and or bone growth to go, but that's just being lucky, I guess, because I could wake tomorrow. I could wake up tomorrow and a player can just start, just start forming, can form just out of the blue and bone starts to grow. And I, I, I could really start on any part of my body and I just can't, there's nothing I really can do. Just, happen like the ones in the the players in the hips and thighs are like on pain scale like 12 out of 10 and so that requires you like stay in bed all the time because that's the most comfortable position you to be in and so, so that's really painful but the other ones are just you're having a health player and i just keep going with my life because there's really nothing i can do and nah, it's a nuisance but not enough to like to have like it's not like i'm fatigued or Maybe I do sleep a little more to get my body kind of fighting something that shouldn't be fighting, but otherwise I'm pretty normal. Like no one, 
no one could ever tell that I'm going to any kind of players. So this started from when you were a child, and as you say, it's been it's been getting steadily worse over time. And yet, there's so much that you are contributing. You've got a podcast, you've got a YouTube channel, which is absolutely fantastic. How do Thank you, you how do you keep all this going? How where do you get the energy to do all of that when your body's literally fighting against you? I'm just kind of in a cage in per se, but I'm also very energetic. I guess I guess one thing is that I'm so immobilized that I have all the energy stored up so I have to like release it somewhere. And then two, I'm kind of a creative person and that it kind of my only I guess I'm blessed that this is my outlet that works in my favor and uh in a certain way, I mean, filming is difficult for me because, you know, like I can't just go and set a camera up by myself and I can't help and go film myself. So, like, I have to have someone help me put the camera up and set it up. But, you know, like the actual, the digital production of it, like the editing and stuff, that's all I mean. Like, I was always interested in it. I did never, I guess to me, I did never really had the ball to start doing it myself. And so I just kind of started creating my, it was kind of like, it just, it was like feeling a void I had. So like I wasn't talking to anyone really. I had like the creative outlet. Like I like talking to people. I like bounce off people really well. I kind of like have to get creative with things. Like I'm good at um improvising and working with less. So that creates a challenge for me in a way. But it's an enjoyable process to me. And I feel accomplished. Like when I edit a video, I release it. Like I'll watch the video like 10 times because I'm just like so proud of it. And then like Every video is a new challenge. And how am I going to edit the video to make it a nice, presentable video for the audience? And like the podcast career has been going really well. Like it's just, to me, it's just a lot of fun meeting people and like the, compl- the compliments I get after the, the podcast interviews are really great. And like I know I'm doing a great job and such. And I'm hoping that my, me pushing myself to get in front of more eyes that, it leads to better opportunities because before all we wanted to have these opportunities, but no one knew who I was. So I have to like push myself to do and my health is stable enough. Like I know what my limits are and stuff. And I just kind of keep going. They keep me going. Like this is, this is my fourth interview for the day. And I'm like, I have to do it. Like I'm just want to keep going. Like I'll do another three if I have to, because like a year ago, like this, that person would kill to have all the opportunities. So I have to keep going i mean i love it i'm kind of i i wouldn't say i'm a workaholic but i like to work and it just makes me feel accomplished and like i'm doing something with my life which is just lying in bed watching netflix i just you get bored of it you gotta do something productive clearly creativity is really making a difference to not just to your life but to the lives of people you touch how have you managed with healthcare? how do you interact with your doctors do they understand your limitations? How do they see the future from your perspective? It's kind of a tricky situation. Like I have the experts that have aren't that know my disease well, so I don't have to explain anything. But like one thing is really they can't really help me in any way. Like they just see me, like I'll do X-rays and such, and they'll monitor me, but I can't really do anything well. And they can't really do anything to help. It's like the shrug your shoulder and just. Like you have to deal with it. Like I have to deal with whatever position I'm in. I have to literally deal with it. Like there's nothing anyone can do. Like do whatever you can to make yourself 
most comfortable. It happened a lot often in the rare, in the rare disease world or chronic world. If you have something that's much rarer, that I've been to doctors that like didn't want to work with me at all. I like, went to pain specialist and like he looked at me for 30 seconds, like I can't help you. And it's like, okay, like you didn't even, you didn't even like try to do anything. It's like, I can't help you. So like, or just, just terrible, um, manners and stuff. So, but I've been like blessed that a doctor expert that had my disease knew someone that was in my city. I live in New York City was willing to like learn about my disease. Like my disease is like an, my doctors have to be in a network of how to help me because most doctors maybe read me in a book or something, but never really were interacted with it. And I get it. Like you're not going to want to learn about the disease that you'll, the chances of you meeting that person are so low. Like I get it. Um, but like I've been to doctors and they like deem them willing to try to learn about me at all. Like they did assume they knew everything. And it's like, like I get it. Like you go to medical school for like eight years and you put all this money in and I get it. But like, no one can be an expert in everything. And, and that's fine. Like, so like one doctor I went to, he's like so arrogant about it. Like he didn't want to like do much with me. Like didn't want to talk to any of the other doctors. Like, oh, what's the best way to help me? And like, you can have regular problems too. So like if I have a rash or something or, you know, like I get a overgrown toenail, like normal stuff. If I get like sick, I need antibiotics. Like they can't help me. They want someone that's local. So I was just blessed that they found it. They had, I think it was like a, through a friend or something. And they were like, Hey, the guy's willing to work with you. And he's great. Like he contact if there's a question that he can't really answer, but like, what is the best way? Other people that have my disease dealt with this and like, what, how do we go from there? So it's, I think it takes like a special kind of person to like sit down, talk to me as a person, know what I need, what my limits are. And then also talk to the other doctors and it's a collaborated um, effort. And some doctors, I don't know how it works in the, in the offices and stuff, and some just don't. I, the doctor I have would like talk to me for like an hour, just talking about how to help you and we have all these great things to help you. And I'll, the other doctor I'll talk to, like, I'll talk to like the assistant for like 10 minutes. And then the doctor will come in for like five minutes and, and it's not have good bedtime manner. It's like, it's intimidating to go to the doctor and advocate for yourself. Like there's obviously part in you, you know, they have the keys to everything, like the medicine and how to help you. You know, they have all the knowledge they can that you don't know. And then like when I'm like, I'll talk to other people that have different diseases and like, that doctor won't even tell them like how to help them sometimes. Sometimes they'll talk to other people that have the disease and be like, hey, do you try this medicine? And they're like, no. And then they'll talk to the doctor and like, oh yeah, you can try this medicine. And it's like that the job their job is to help you make your life better. And some just don't. And it's awful. And it's like you don't want to learn to another person. I've been I've been in a group yesterday and the guy was like suffering for like three years and then he Talked to another friend and he was like, Hey, did you try to do it? And he went to the doctor and he's like, Oh yeah, you can try that. He's been less pain. And he was like, So all that time I was suffering, like you could just describe something else. It's like, it's horrible, but I've been blessed to have good doctors that are willing to work with me and listen to me and such. And, but yeah, I had my fair share of doctors too that didn't want to work with me too. And it's just the struggle. Like you, you know, you go there, you advocate for yourself, you're there for an hour and that's like, you never see them again. It's exhausting to do. And it just gets very exhausting. And a lot of the times you're not in a good mental state. So you can't fight back. It's kind of a power struggle. Like you don't want to tell a doctor they're wrong. Like it's just, 
It's a weird time and like a big thing that's happening is um, called medical PTSD. So like I was talking to a woman named Marcel and she like had all the crazy diseases that really like affects her everything. And then the biggest thing that she was she didn't have was the medical PTSD. And it made me really sad because like she was okay dealing with everything she had, but her surrounding made her life not enjoyable. And no, like she had to go to the hospital and we faced that PTSD and it happens all the time. And like, like you're feeling bad and you don't want to go to the hospital, it makes you feel worse, but the hospital will make you work. And it's a vicious cycle that people just get into. And like some people just a hospital is a lot of place they want to be, but they have to be there because their health is not consistent and they just need help. So your story is very typical of patients with rare conditions in particular, rare chronic conditions, where you as a patient probably know far more about your illness and how it's managed and your options than the average doctor who may never have seen a condition like this. And that seems evident in what you're saying. If you were talking to medical students today who are entering the profession, what would you say to them about the approach to patients with what appears to be a rare condition? Um, I mean, I think to me, just listen and be open to new things. Like you can't be, you can't go into it arrogantly. Like, and like I mentioned before, like, yeah, you went to school for eight years and there's 7,000 rare diseases. That's an insane number for you to know all of them and all the symptoms and stuff. That's just impossible to do. And most of the, 99% of them will never walk to your door and that's fine too. But like just being apathetic and just being having good side manner can really go a long way. And like the better, best side manner you have, the more they're willing to talk to you about such because like you, like it's intimidating for them. They're just trying to guess them and sometimes it's not a comfortable position for them. And if you get them comfortable and stuff, they're willing to talk more to you, more willing to come to you for help, support. Anything like, or this did help, or it didn't help, or like, let's try to solve the problem together. And like, what can I do to help you instead of just listening for five minutes, write you a medicine, and it's never taught to you again? Like, some of the condition, like, especially like pain medication, you can't just write a prescription for one pain medication and that's done. Sometimes you need different dosing, sometimes you need different cocktail medicine, sometimes. You know, same changing your life. Maybe you have new medication. You have to be in contact, but you can't. It's not a one-stop shop. You have to like go back, form a relationship. You so you don't go to the doctor one time. It's not like a car mechanic. Like you go there often, you create a relationship. Some there for years, and you want to create that bond. And like, like you can't, you want to like you want to be in a situation where like you want to go to the doctor because they're a great experience. And if you don't have a great experience, they're gonna talk loud. And the less you talk, you know, the less they can help you because of the bad, bad bedside matter. And sometimes, you know, like people don't want to re-advocate for themselves to see a new doctor because that's exhausting that they just deal with what they have and just assume doctor knows everything and that's it. And be like, if you have a rare chronic, you have to talk with each other too because sometimes they'll help you more and just give you ideas because you, like, like I know a lot, but there's some things I don't know. Like and it could be like, for example, like going to the bathroom. Like the doctor's not going to know that he did it in a different field. Like, so it's, it's important to talk to other people that have the conditions you have because that, that might help you the most. And two, and it's also good for support because 
advocating for yourself in a medical setting is exhausting. And, you know, like when you go to the doctor and you come out, you're exhausted because you're just on your A game, like you have a plan that you think you're going to go with. You know, they're not following the script that you have in your head. And it's like, it's exhausting. It's like, and I get it. And, it's like, and then you go back and you're like, hey, I wish I said this or that. And then you didn't ever do and you forget and move on. But sometimes it could be one little sentence could change the whole way of what disease you have, for example. Like some, some go for 10 years to try and get diagnosed with a disease. And then, like, if you say one sentence, like, um, I don't know, like, I know it doesn't, I know, but like, let's say there's a disease where your pee turns green. I don't know if that's really true. I don't think so. Well, if you never mention it, they'll never ask about it. But if you say, did it, your pee turn green? You could say, oh, it's this disease. And like, oh, that help you. But like, if you don't have a good doctor, you're not going to want to say that. So like, it continued the journey. And like, sometimes the game diagnosis disease can help so much. One, for having answers to all the problems you have too. And sometimes, there could be ways to fix it because every other type of problem and you can talk to them and then they can say, hey, did medicine work? Try this. And you can go, okay, go to both of your doctor and say, hey, did medicine look to be worked and let's try it. And that's it. Like communication is a big problem with it. And you just have to communicate well. And you have to have good bedtime matter because if they don't have it, then you're not going to talk. And it's just, it hurts, it hurts the person longer because they're suffering already and they can continue that suffering, not knowing that maybe there could be a way to end their suffering or at least have a more consistent baseline of health. You're right. It starts with a good bedside manner in the sense that you want to tell the doctor something. I find it very sad that you say that it's exhausting going to see the doctor. It shouldn't be like that. You should be coming out invigorated in the sense of having a plan but clearly, you're right. People, if they're not hearing the right information because they've not given you an opportunity to share that information, they're going to be misled and it's all not going to end well. I want to pivot slightly now and go to the things that you do that are so creative. Tell us about your podcast. What's the focus of the conversations on that podcast? And we'll put a link to that podcast on our show notes. Um, I mean, like, I think, I mean, the big thing is that, like, I watch other podcasts and I'd be like, this is a good podcast. Or sometimes I feel like they're too lazy and they'll just make them say all these words, but they could say them themselves. So, like, I take it to, like, each person I do or research about them, what disease they have, like, what their hobbies are, and then create a, create a great narrative around them, like, that's specific to them. Like, every, every person I, interview was specific to them, like specific question about them, not just a cookie cutter that I had to copy and paste to everyone. Um, and then like two is I have like an hour to kind of make them feel good because I feel like sometimes when you're deep into your chronic world, like you don't really think about how you are in a situation. Like I'm sure from time to time you do, but I think it's different when someone interviews you about you when that your disease is out loud. I just sit back and think like, wow, I'm going through all of this because some people are just living through and just never really sit back. And so like, that's why I try to bring to people. And then I try them to make them feel really good. I'm like, hey, like you're going through all this bad problems and unique situation. And I want to like kind of highlight saying like, hey, you're doing a great job. You're here killing it. Or I mean, some of them are struggling, but like you're here doing it. Like, 
Like you should be proud of how far you come. And it's um, and then I mean to me, it's also I like talking to people and allows me to like create get my creativity out. But I do a lot for the people, like put a lot of effort for each person. Everyone deserves their someone to like highlight them. And uh, because you can't highlight yourself, but you're kind of like in a bragging way. So I just do it for them. I hook them up and say, hey, like, you're doing a great job. And I see all the accomplishments you're doing. And, you know, sometimes like you'll be doing great things and no one really will say anything to you. Because that's just the nature. Like, so like someone will watch my video, but not, not everyone can say, I watch your video and I like it, you know. But like I just highlight them, like you're doing a great job. I see everything you're doing. I ask them like what really means a lot to them and a lot of them will be like you really did your research and i'm glad to be part of your podcast so and then to putting myself out there like i'm producing good content and i'm super happy with it like i'm i don't need validation from other people to know it's good like i know it's a good job i put a lot of effort into it and just after that like 90 percent of the guests were really great i'm really appreciative of it so i keep going and hopefully People that do watch it that I didn't interview, maybe something will touch them how to cope with this. Or just like I already mentioned before, like if you mention one sentence, like the conversation would go a completely different way. So like kind of let the conversation flow and like one minute we'd be talking about like like car crashes and actually like talking about rainbows. I just kind of let it go. And I mean, that's kind of what humans are. We just talk about and let things flow, like just, yeah, and then we could all use them motivation and support and that's what i try to do and try to make everyone feel good and what's in the hour who's been your favorite guest uh, my favorite guest i think would be a guy came a guy came up came by well, interviewed a mom like i was talking to her and then she was like oh so i have a transsexual son and i was like okay like but he didn't come out yet about it so like um, the mom really liked me a lot and then we were like talking and I did like ask her, like, hey, do you want me to interview him? And she was like, sure. I guess we really got along really well. And so he's my favorite because he shared his coming out story with me. And it was just really cool for me to be the first person to like share his story out and never talk to a transsexual person at all. So for me, it was a lot. Like, there's so many diseases out there that I can't possibly know about it. And I don't really have a reason to research them. So it, was just, it gave me a reason to like research into transsexuality and transgenderism and what's the difference. And I'm learning a lot about it too. And, and I was just really quite, he's a really great guy. We came really close and we text kind of often. And it's like, he was my favorite and he's just a really great person. Like he's super, um, he has a super great head on his shoulders and he's only 16 years old. And it's like, He's doing way better than I was when I was 16. Like, I had no idea what was happening. Like, I couldn't imagine making the decision, you know, like, hey, I'm a female, but I want to turn into a male. I couldn't even fathom that thought at all. And I mean, it's, I mean, it's still hard to fathom now that you're born a woman and you want to turn into a man. And I mean, like, there's just something that I should never understand and such. But, um, I come from a place of understanding to try to, see where the head is at and sometimes if I disagree with them I'll buy some on it but at the end of the day I can't at the end of the day like some there's something that I did never get to know like why why you um, female want to be a male like that's that's something ingrained that you can never explain fully. That's cool I'm just grateful for all the relationships 
I made along the way and business contact, you know, some became business contact. Now I'm working with them. And that's really cool too. Like not, I wasn't expecting it from the, I mean, interview, but you know, I just just something with them and we do it. And some were just, you know, the chemistry, like maybe had a great session, but the chemistry wasn't there and uh, this support um, on social media and stuff. But it's just really cool to see like everyone living their own life and like dealing with all these problems. It's amazing that people are doing it and some decide to show it off and some do not. But everyone has a story. You, are you a naturally curious person when it comes to, to other people? Are you, are you nosy? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's always like that and real life too, but it's a little, I get more awkward when you ask more like deep question when you're like on a street or stuff. So I kind of like, they know the podcast exists. They kind of know like what I'm going against. Like, like I'll talk to them for like two minutes and we go into our deepest, darkest secrets, which is, um, it's intimidating for some people, but they kind of know going into it that they're going to be talking about the hardships, but I also interview people that are ready to talk about it too. I never wanted them to feel uncomfortable. Like before every podcast, I say, Hey, they did your podcast. You can tell me. I'll ask questions, you know, you can tell me and say, hey, I don't want to include that to be online or to say you don't want to answer that and I'll just move on. Like, I want them to feel in control of it. And, you know, I, I edit it later. So to say, hey, you don't like this part, tell me and get rid of it. Like, this is, this is about you. This is your story. This is how you want to present yourself. And I respect their boundaries. Some have different boundaries and I respect them all. But at the end of the day, I respect them all. Did that human and how I talk to any other people and just just be a good person, I guess. Just to treat everyone the same, like just be respectful. So where to from here, Joe? Where do you see the trajectory? You've done the podcast, you've done a YouTube channel. Do you have other ambitions, other things you want to to achieve in the near future? Like I'm looking forward to the unknown because like I don't I know there are great opportunities out there and I just have to get my name out there again, bigger following and all this things will come into place. But it's just it's the unknown really. Like yesterday I got a phone call and say, like, hey, I'm gonna radio station. I'm like, sure. You know, I wouldn't have gotten an opportunity if I didn't start my YouTube channel or this is just great to have all these opportunities that I wouldn't have otherwise. And hopefully I to keep growing and getting my name out there. And just it's just super cool to see being talked behind the scenes. You know, I do a great job in one area and where it gets around and they do me and keep going. It's like a domino effect in a way. So I just hope it keeps, I keep growing and expanding. Like, I really don't know what, I know it can take me far, but I keep consistently doing well. Like, I, I think I know I am with my videos and podcast. And who knows what happened? Like, I'll interview as I get a bigger follower, interview more famous people. And it's just a slow ball rolling and I have to start it. Like, a lot of people will just go, They'll do a year and they're not happy with the results and just quit. But I'm here for long. I'm having fun with it. You know, it's fun and I'm learning a lot about myself and I'm getting opportunities that I've never gotten otherwise. And it's a slow process, but I, I guess I like to hustle and work at it. So I keep doing that. Like if you go to my first podcast or first video and you go to now, you can see the tremendous improvement. I mean, like the way I talk, the way the video looks, audio. Presentation-wise, I just improved so much, and I'm able to apply that to my other life too. So, like my work, I'm able to talk better. Like, how do I control a room? It helps so much 
and so many other ways as uh, just a human being. And I'm grateful for that, that I couldn't, I could never learn in like a classroom, for example. So it's just, it's like something you can't really like pinpoint or put on paper, but it definitely helps me out a lot. Joe Such, I have no doubts that your profile will increase. I have no doubts that you will have many other opportunities. With the Health Design Podcast, we'll do everything we can to help you along the way. It's been an honor speaking with you. Thank you for taking the time and thank you for all that you do for people with rare diseases to improve their experience. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. The Health Design Podcast, sponsored by the Patient and Physician Advocacy Alliance. Visit us at the journal of healthdesign.com.